Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Hey, City Hill London. This is a one-off super special message. Basically on Sunday, I, I preached my guts out and forgot to hit record. <laughs> True stories, I'm still crying inside. So it is late on a Monday night and I thought, why not sit in the car and preach my guts out to the windscreen and then stick it up for the podcast. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So here goes. I'm going to paraphrase it because, just because, I don't have to just myself, justify myself. This is a podcast. What the heck? So... We're kicking off a new series called Walls. We're going to be looking at walls for the next couple of weeks. And this first week is such a key week because the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. I know, newsflash, you never saw that coming. They were slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh had seen them grow in number. The Egyptians were like shook about them. They were scared about them. They were nervous about them. They were aggy. They were anxious. And they came to this point of putting taskmasters over them, put them in slavery, make them to build everything for them. It escalates significantly from there and a generation of Hebrew baby boys are going to be killed. Genocide is going to be committed. They're going to let the girls live. They're going to breed them out so that the Hebrew people no longer exist. That's the plan moving forward. So all this is happening. The children of Israel cry out to God because of the suffering of their taskmasters. It rises to God. God hears it. God sends Moses. Whoop, whoop, whoop. God does miracles, skipping a lot. I know, there's a lot I'm skipping. They get delivered from Egypt, skipping out all the Passover, all the amazing, cool, exciting stuff I normally love to talk about. Just fast forward, straight past that. They're free. For a year, once they've got away, they're at Mount Sinai receiving the law of God, all the goodness, all the greatness, loads of stuff happens. It's awesome, it's great. And then three days after setting out from there, Three days. This is Numbers chapter 11, I think, is the passage. I'm not going to read for it. I'm just going to have some fun because I'm paraphrasing. I'm tired. So in Numbers chapter 11, they are three days journey from Sinai. They've left. And as they are journeying from Sinai, they're complaining. They're complaining. Now, I'm going to just throw in some of my own fun, amusing stuff because I'm, I'm, I want to amuse myself in this car and I hope this podcast amuses you because it's pretty messed up. So they start talking about fish. They start talking about fish. They start craving meat and they're like, oh, we could, oh, just manna, 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 this miracle bread that God has provided with them that stops them all from dying in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. That miraculous provision keeping all of them alive. They're moaning about it and they're going, oh, I'd love a bit of meat, me. Oh, I love a bit of meat. And then someone pipes up at the back and goes, Oh, do you remember the fish in Egypt? Oh, the fish was fabulous. I love the fish in Egypt. Give me some of that fish, mate. Oh, I loved it. And then obviously the vegans among them went, Oh, the fish, forget the fish. It was all about the juicy cucumbers and melon. Oh, I miss a cucumber and melon. And the fish was free. Oh, the fish was free. The fish was free. It was better for us in Egypt. 
that rationale spreads really, really quick. I mean, what the heck? So they were slaves. They were slaves. They were held captive. Those are some real kind of walls. I'm not saying they were penned in like a penitentiary or anything, but they couldn't leave. They were enslaved. So the walls are holding them in, which is part of the series we're focusing in on this week. This week is all about the walls that hold you in. But even when they've been delivered from those walls, even when God has miraculously provided for them, sometimes what you find is God may have done a miracle in your life and delivered you from some amazingly horrific stuff, but only to find out there are still some walls in your heart. There are some walls that are still holding you in. And actually there are some traps and snares designed intentionally to lead you back to the walls you've been delivered from. Anyone who knows the amazing wisdom in God's word that says in the Proverbs that as a dog returns to eat its vomit, so a man to his sins, like sinful ways. That is what we do. That's what we do. And in this story, they were slaves in Egypt. They are talking about the free fish. Do you remember how the fish was free and it was fabulous? Do you remember? Oh, the cucumber. Oh, the melons. I'll tell you who's a melon. The guy that failed to mention, hey, Fred, you know the fish? Oh, that free fish. It was great. Yeah, yeah. You love the fish. Fantastic. Do you remember your son swam with the fishes? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had that baby boy that they threw in the Nile that died. He was next to those fish you were eating. Oh, that was cracking, wasn't it? I mean, no one would ever talk that in, that unsensitively, but it's true. And the funny thing is, you and I think we're somehow different and spiritual. Yet we've encountered spiritual slavery and spiritual death in so many different sins in our lives. Come to God for forgiveness, and it's like we're forgetting the death and the decay that came with those sins. And we're like, oh, I'd love to go back there. Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, 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 the free fish. Yeah, there's a reason it was free. You're a slave. They fed you to work constantly. That's why it's free, Fred. It's free because you're a slave. And you know what? There is a high cost to freedom. Freedom comes at a very high cost. It does. It comes at actually the highest cost there is, the precious blood of Jesus, spotless and unblemished. That's the price of true freedom. Wow. But so often, you and I just think about the free fish and the cu cucumber and the melon. A recipe for death and decay. So how the story goes is God's anger burns and he ultimately goes, hey, you want some meat? Here's some meat. And that these, these quail come in ridiculous numbers of quail that they're able to to feast and they end up getting like a virus spread among them i don't want to say the coronavirus because if i say that on a podcast enough people might boycott city hill london thinking we have the coronavirus we don't i hope we don't have the coronavirus do we have to no, i shouldn't talk about it i shouldn't even joke about it it's not funny it's horrific and it's scary and everyone's scared right now but that's what happened with them and then they literally had people die of disease from eating so much meat and the amount of meat that came in. And then it talks about the Lord struck them down. The Lord did this, the Lord did that. Sometimes 
when the Hebrew people talk that way, it's not like God actually strikes it down, but it's like letting you know the consequence, the consequence for your actions. That sometimes when God is giving you something and you're desperately wanting more and something else, the reason he's not giving you that is because in the environment, in the place you're in, in the situation you're in, it's actually not good for you and kills you. And so this place where they buried the people, they called it the graves of greed in Hebrew. They called it the graves of greed. But that's, you know, thousands of years ago and not relevant today in any way, shape or form. Oh, wait, it is. The whole food economy is built on the premise that to keep the price of food high, we dump, destroy, burn millions of tons of food all around the world while people die of starvation. True stories. True stories. Graves of greed. The more and more and more money that someone amasses in greed for themselves will literally be killing someone somewhere else. But the graves of greed then are so far removed from us in another country that we don't really notice. In the Western world, that is. We're sheltered from it. There is a knock-on effect to greed and wealth. And if our only goal is continually our sustenance, it's why the prophets in the Old Testament, they talk about greed in a way which is insane. I remember reading about Abraham Herschel and his view on the prophets. He was saying how these guys, it's like they're unhinged for us looking at them because they talk about greed and wealth and capitalism in a way that these things are abhorrent and the whole very fabric of the universe and the whole world comes crushing down the end of all days if we have greed and capitalism and yet we're like steady we have greed and capitalism and it's great and we love it but actually someone somewhere dies from it and in this story they knew the people and they talked about them and they talked about them as if they, there's this weird way they talked about. They talked about people who had the craving. The people who had the craving. Do you have the craving? Is the craving a prison for you right now? Are you living your life with the craving? I want you to know the craving will lead you to a place of graves and greed. The good news is, and we don't really talk about, we do talk about giving a city here. That's not true. We just don't take up an offering. We haven't in seven years. We tell people how you can give, but we haven't taken up an offering in, in seven years. And people give, and um, that's awesome. But there's a great thing about giving to God. It helps cure the craving. So often people are upset about giving and giving to God and giving to church and stuff. But really, you can. in some people, they've got a valid reason for it. But the vast majority of the time, it's actually the craving talking. I know it. And I can say that because I'm not saying that from a place of like this guy who's never had the craving. Oh, I have the craving. Oh my gosh. I could tell you about some free fish and some melon and some cucumber in my life that has led me back to slavery many a time. I can tell you about the craving and the places it has led me to. Be real. Do you have the craving? If I said to you right now, give a gift to the Lord. Hey, you know what? I'm going to. Give a gift to the Lord. If you want to give to City Hill, go to City Hill London on the app or on their website and you can give to us. Here's the thing. If at that moment you're going like, oh, oh, you're just, oh, there we go, church, you're chasing our money. Well, then you know what I'm going to say to you here? Go, pick the charity you want and pick the cause you want. Prove me wrong. Give somewhere else right now. 
And if, if you're resentful to the idea I've now said that, guess what? I'm not benefiting from it. My church isn't benefiting from it. The mission and the vision, I'm desperately giving everything in my energy in my life towards achieving and have for like the last seven years isn't now going to receive any reward whatsoever from you. You're not going to back us in any way. And I'm telling you still, give. And if you're resentful towards that, then I want to tell you something. Maybe you've got the craving. And you may not like me for saying it. You may not. I hope one day you thank me for saying it. Because I've had the craving. And I think I've got part of the craving right now, if I'm really honest, in different areas and different ways, in about three different areas of my life. Let's pray for a moment. Father God, would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit? I really need you to help deliver me from the craving. I don't want to be in a grave of greed and I don't want to leave any, lead anyone else to be in a grave of greed. You set me free from so many walls. Don't let me be a slave to money. Don't let me be a slave to anything. Would you free me again? And Father God, there's so many appeals for me to go back to so many different Stupid decisions and mate and ways. Could you lead me forward to new pastures and new ways, your ways? Would you keep a reminder for me? They named that place Graves of Greed to remind them not to repeat that mistake. Would you help me? Would you help us to do the same? In Jesus' name, amen. The next thing I want to say is midway through that passage, Moses absolutely loses it. They're all talking about the meat and the food and, and wanting all this stuff. And Moses is like, <laughs> he has one of the realest conversations with God. This is why I love prayer. You can talk to God, you know. Moses comes to him and he's like, did I conceive 600,000 people? No, no, no. Do you expect me to nurse them all? Am I to nurse them as a, as a, as a nurse nurses a baby on the bosom? Am I, am I breastfeeding these people? How have I ended up with all these people on me? You know what, God? If you love me, if you have any mercy, any respect, any care for me, mercy kill, please. Kill me right now. <laughs> That's what Moses says. <laughs> oh, any church leader has felt like that at some point. I felt like that yesterday. Uh, no, not yes. Mm, maybe. No, not yesterday. But I felt like that at times. Wow. God says to Moses, get some guys around you to support you and help you. If you're feeling your wits end where you're praying to God for a mercy kill for one reason or another, just go, hey God, help me to talk to the right people and bring them around me. I say that because I'm in the car, in the car park, because I just met with a pastor in another church that I love dearly, that I was able to take a walk with and just talk through things that I, I just can't really tell people. And it was so good. I had someone around me. And it helped so much. You need all different kinds of people. For me, leading City Hill, I need people to serve in hosting. That helps me a ton. Serving in City Light with the kids and the creative teams. Hey, people who are willing to serve with the new Bible Book Club in East London. And all the other plans that we've got coming out this year that are going to be so amazing. 
I need help. I can't do this. I need people to go on the app and click serve and just say, hey, God, here am I. Let me, let me help this guy out that's losing it. Because there are times as a pastor where, man, I'll be honest, I'm losing it. And I'm like, I really wish there were people around me who could help me right now. But not just about me. How are you feeling? If you felt yourself recently calling out to God for like a mercy kill, I shouldn't laugh because we all have. That's it. I'm done, God. Just kill me right now. I'm out. Get some good people around you. Sin isolates. God doesn't. The secret place is a place of solitude to connect with God, to empower us to be around people, to share and to give what we receive and what we have. Solitude is not isolation. Get people around you. Don't be isolated. Father, may we this week not be isolated, but be wise and choose good people to be around us and strengthen us. Father, may our eyes no longer be turned towards the free fish, cucumber and melon of slavery. And Father, may we be people who are generous givers to change the world around us that we would not be consumed by the greeds of grave. The graves of the greed. (laughs) Yes, Lord. May you deliver us from having the materialistic Western craving of materialism and capitalism. May you heal us, deliver us, Lord, from these walls, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london we are the light, we are the light. We are the light, we are the light.